On today's episode, we talk with Speed Reader, one of the main guys behind the website of Star Wars 5e. Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, Episode 24. How you doing, Tegan? Yeah, doing pretty well. Just kind of enjoying the last bits of summer. Yeah, we had a good long weekend. I know that uh, you were out celebrating anniversary, correct? Yeah, so it was uh, my third wedding, uh, third anniversary. So uh, we w- were in Michigan, so we went up to the Upper Peninsula and just kind of uh, biked around, uh, did some brewery, winery tastings, and just kind of chilled out for a little bit. Awesome. Yeah, we had some good weather for that. So uh, happy anniversary to you and the missus for sure. Thanks, man. So uh, yeah, let's get into today's episode here. We've got uh, a little bit later uh, an interview with uh, Speed Reader from the Star Wars 5e Discord. Uh, Alex is his name, and he's he's one of the guys behind all of the amazing work that uh, they've done with the website and uh, the character creator. So uh, I sat down with him and had a great chat about, uh, you know, just how that kind of came to be and, uh, you know, maybe a little bit uh, what's on the horizon. So we'll insert that in in a little bit. But first announcements and whatnot. Uh, First, shout out to some new Patreons that we have since our last episode. Three new members to the uh, Dungeon Jedi Master Patreon. So a huge thank you to Pelpa Palpatine, uh, Devilish Plague, and Giacomo. So thank you very much to you three. And of course, to all of our other Patreons and supporters, uh, followers, listeners, and whatnot. Uh, if you want to check out all of our content, do so at DungeonJediMasters.com and you will find links to everything that we put out. Jumping over to Star Wars 5e content, uh, there was a new archetype released uh, for the Engineer. Tegan, I'll throw it over to you for the Gadgeteer Engineering archetype. So this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be great if you want your Engineer just to have some type of effect for each situation. There's a lot of cool things with this class. Um, Basically, uh, it's the Gadgeteer Engineering, so it's based off a lot of different gadgets that you can add. And kind of, you know, with engineers, as we went through in our last uh, class spotlight on the engineers, uh, they have different modifications they can add. And these ones are all different gadgets that have different effects. Uh, A couple of the core features with the class, um, one of the big ones is you'll have uh, the projected barrier feature, which you gain at level three. Uh, This will allow you to put up environmental barriers or physical barriers uh, that will, with environmental ones, they can, you can set them to a certain damage type. So you could pick like acid or fire or lightning. uh, And then whenever you or wherever you put them on is attacked by that damage type, they would kind of jump in and have temporary hit points for that situation. Uh, So Really cool. Just get some good features and some good support options and use your bonus action uh, to be able to project those barriers uh, out into the field. 
Uh, nice thing too with this one is at level six, since that's going to take up a lot of your bonus action utility or economy. Uh, you at level six, you get the versatile direction feature, which will allow you to take two bonus actions on each of your turns. Uh, and you can do that for as many uh, up to your intelligence modifier. So with engineer, hopefully you've got at least a four or five in there. Uh, so between a long rest, you should be able to take two bonus actions at least four or five times. Uh, so just some cool things with this one. And then there's a ton of different gadgets. I'm not going to go too much into that. There are different modifications you can add on to the class. Take a look at it. There's some really cool stuff that you can add on that can just really uh, increase it. Especially my favorite from just a quick look at it, uh, the Mimicker, which kind of imitates a little bit the Defle Mimicator item. Uh, I think it's a prototype item. Uh, this is a little bit of a scaled-down version of that, but basically it allows you to uh, impose disadvantage on people that are attacking you up until you take damage. Uh, so really cool feature. Check this one out. I think this will be a fun addition to the engineers. Very nice. Yeah, great class in general. One of my favorites for sure. So love to see all these uh, unique iterations of, uh, of the subclasses there. So very cool. All right. Uh, we also uh, have our Dungeon Jedi Master Spotlight uh, new feature that we're doing. Uh, again, we're still getting a couple new responses here and there, so we're going to work through these and highlight some more of you amazing uh, fellow DMs out there that are running campaigns. So we have two more today. Uh, I'm going to start us off here. We have uh, Brian F., uh, who has been playing for about a year, DMing for about four months. So pretty new to it all, uh, which is awesome. I think there's a lot of new people in general coming into the to the tabletop game, and um, that's great to see. Uh, their campaign name is The Force Shall Free Me. Uh, very cool name there. And uh, the campaign description is uh, set in the Old Republic era, and their team of uh, anti-heroes uh, have been sent on a top-secret uh, mission for the Sith Empire. So very cool. It's cool to see a campaign that kind of, you know, goes to that other side of things. Sometimes uh, I think the default might be, you know, the light side, but uh, switch switching sides is cool to see there. Uh, they have been running that for about four months, and uh, their party size is four players, and they are at level four. So just kind of getting started there. Um, so yeah, very cool. Uh, Tegan, I'll throw it over to you for our next one. So the next one, we've got uh, Falcon 501st. Uh, this is actually his uh, first time DMing as well, which is kind of cool to see those new people getting into the hobby, uh, especially taking on that DM mantle. It can uh, definitely be a challenge at times, but it's my favorite aspect to play. We, we, all, uh, we need plenty of new DMs, that's for sure. I'd say there's a ton of players, but we definitely need a lot more new DMs to kind of keep up with everybody that wants to play. Yeah. Um, his campaign uh, is focused on the Clone Wars, and he's kind of doing something cool with it. Uh, they're basically taking all the major Clone Wars battles, and he's kind of making missions around those planets and those battles, and just kind of tweaking it to make it his own. Uh, he's also having a side plot, too, with uh, the Rat Ghoul virus, which is uh, definitely one of my favorite Star Wars pieces. Uh, and Falcon, too, if you need more Rat Ghoul variants, I actually built a ton that are uh, in my blocks posted on the, the Scum and Villainy Discord thread. Uh, so I know the, the, the official manual, we only have, I think, one or two, uh, but I've added about four or five additional ones you can use to help flesh that out a bit, too. Um, but uh, with his campaign, they've uh, done about 10 sessions so far. Uh, and he's got four people, and they're at 12th level, so you get in the higher tier of play, too. Yeah, that's up there. That's uh, definitely, you know, can be a little challenging on the DM side. So as a new DM uh, Falcon, props to you for for managing that. But, that, yeah, that sounds like a fun one as well. 
definitely add to the, the those higher tiers. I mean, it can definitely be fun, but yeah, I, my preferred range is like six to like eight. That's usually right there. Actually, about five to nine usually is where we're kind of I feel like the best group. We get a lot of cool features, but it's not like crazy <laughs> with what everybody can do. Absolutely, yeah. So, all right. So thanks again to uh, Brian and Falcon there. And uh, again, if you haven't uh, filled out one of these uh, spotlight surveys, please do so. We'll have the link to continue on the uh, description of our podcast. And uh, you can tell us about uh, what you're doing. We'd love to see that. So, all right. I think with that, uh, we can jump into this interview here with uh, Speed Reader. Uh, Definitely a great time chatting with him. So we'll get to that. All right, everyone, uh, we've got Alex here. Uh, you guys probably know him as Speed Reader on the Star Wars 5e Discord. Uh, Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Good, good to hear. Uh, we are recording this, you and I, right now uh, before our long weekend here. So hopefully uh, you got some good plans over that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it'll be a good chance to relax and just get away from things for a little bit anyways. Yeah, I know uh, Tegan, you know, couldn't be here because he's doing that himself. He's he's heading out for the weekend. Uh, so just uh, just me in the uh, interview seat with you. So, but oh, uh, good for him. I hope he's uh, getting some much needed relaxation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, but anyway, we're excited to have you here. And uh, so I, I hope uh, everyone would know kind of who you are or your role with the Star Wars Five E. Um, you know, and mostly involved with the website and then we're going to talk about the character creator as well and we'll go more into that later on so but uh first you know tell us a little bit about yourself and and specifically you know how long you've been playing tabletops and and things like that sure so i got into tabletops in general probably about two years ago or so a year and a half or so yeah and uh not not that long frankly uh somehow i had missed it through most of my high school and college career now that i'm 30 years old i I don't know how i avoided it for so long, but I had a couple of friends, you know, uh, offline who were interested in getting into it. And I, I just, I just decided I would learn. And we had one person who really mentored us, a, a DM who'd been around and he brought us up through our first couple games. Um, but by then I had already, you know, I had the, the bit between my teeth and I couldn't wait to DM and create worlds of my own. Cause that's just, that's just more aligned with my personality. I love to be a player, but I couldn't wait to, to run these things and to create the worlds. Um, but I fell into it. I fell in love very quickly. I just started with fifth edition. Um, and that, that very quickly, uh, with a couple of friends who were interested in finding more, we, we expanded our horizons and went out to look for other things that we enjoyed. And we, well, we happened upon star Wars and, you know, we, how can we, how can we me- mesh these together? Is there some way to mesh these, these wonderful fantasy worlds of ours? And, yeah. uh, and here we are. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of kind of the same boat uh, myself. I'm, I think, coming up on two years. And, you know, I think there's, there's you know, whether it was kind of pop culture and things, I think Stranger Things uh, lended a little bit to it. Yeah. But, you know, just this, because again, same thing. It's like, uh, man, I wish I was playing this years and years ago, because it's so much fun. I love it. Um, so great. So yeah, you said uh, traditional 5e and then in Star Wars. Uh, so what, uh, what do you got going on right now, campaign-wise? Uh, I know you said you like uh, DMing mostly. Uh, you got a little of both. What's your schedule like that? Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, for that first year, and maybe you can relate. You you almost you almost want it every day, right? So you you pick up as many campaigns as you can as a player, as a DM, and you just you just go so hard. And I, I have to say, after that first year or so, I burned out pretty badly. 
Um, I was DMing uh, two or three a week. And I just, I couldn't get the kind of quality that I wanted. I noticed myself lagging. I mean, I have a full-time job. I own a house. Like I had, I had other things to do. And I just, I could tell that it was, it was just taking a, a, a toll on me. So after that, that one year, I, I had to, to bring it back a little bit, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, it, I think it's, it's a natural progression. You get into something really deep and yeah. then you find where your limits are and scale it back a little bit. At the moment, I am, I have a, a, a friend who's, who's been running a rather long campaign. I think we're up to or episode 45 or 50 or so, somewhere around that range. Very nice. Um, which is pretty good. Yeah, a year plus with him. Um, so he's DMing one. And he, I taught him. I made a pact with him uh, when, we were, when we were much younger. I said that if one of us learns how to play Dungeons & Dragons, we will teach the other one. So I did, and I taught him, and I included him in my first table when, when I was DMing uh, for my first game. And then he's now DMing himself. So it's, it's nice how that circle of, of life works. Um, so he's running a campaign at the moment that I'm in. Uh, it's just me and one other player. I run two characters. It's a little complicated, but uh, it works out for us at the moment. For whatever reason, the personalities just mesh, and we're very happy with that. Nice. That's just that's just regular five e. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's it's worked out. Uh, it's worked out a total treat. We've had a couple other players come and go, but as you know, everyone listening is aware. I'm sure scheduling, personal life, these things just tend to change. But me and this one other player have been pretty steady at the table, and we've gone through some characters, and we're just loving this environment. So, so I've got that. That's a good one. Um, and then I am, I just actually picked up a new five, Star Wars 5e campaign. Um, I'm five or six sessions in now, DMing another one. Cool. Um, and I had been taking a break from Star Wars 5e, not, not from developing, of course, but from, from DMing. The website's a constant, but DMing comes and goes. I had run a, for that first year or so, I had run a, a very long-running Star Wars 5e campaign um, that we ended up, we had a lot of people involved and scheduling got to be a bear and it was just hard to keep momentum going and we had to, we had to shut it down, but that was an, a wonderful experience, and that was really what got me involved in Star Wars Five E in the first place. Was was that campaign? Nice, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I know, I know most of our listeners probably know kind of my schedule, but just kind of echo what you said. You know, I'm I'm still going full out. I'm running this month. I've got four one shots. Uh, I'm running oh. one each week. Uh, I love okay. doing that, just playing with new players and things all the time. And then I've got. Uh, every other campaign on Tuesdays and then a weekly campaign on Sundays. So I'm definitely, uh, you know, Man. full tilt. And then the Dungeon Jedi Master stuff. I mean, this is right. doing all this is a lot of work as well. But, uh, right. you know, we, we are kind of talking about this off the air. But, uh, you know, you you have fun with what you do for a career and then, you know, as your hobby and and uh, being able to do all this stuff is is kind of my background as well as a, a designer cool and whatnot marketers so uh yeah, yeah i love it it's definitely definitely good fun to be able to do that yeah you got the you got the you definitely have the creative mind that would lend itself well to to dming and to, to being a player um i yeah it's it it seems like you'd fit it very well so yeah it's good that we can both uh carry on our passions yeah absolutely and through through a project like this uh right. you know, i think is, is very cool so yeah so uh speaking of that what is how did you specifically get involved with kind of helping out the project? Uh, and then, you know, did that start with like, Hey, I can build websites or what did that look like? It started with, uh, uh, Hey, I love star Wars. Hey, I'm really starting to enjoy D and D. I've got a couple of friends who are in the same boat. How can I marry them up? And then, you know, uh, Googling commences. I think I stumbled upon one of Galley's earlier, uh, Reddit posts. I'm sure, I'm sure that's where it started. And then I found the original PDFs. I think the subreddit existed at that point in its infancy. 
So there was some talk around it. I, I migrated quickly to the Discord. Um, and, it, you know, knowing what I know about how to build websites and it professionally, it's what's what I'm interested in. I quickly started realizing like, okay, these PDFs, you know, they're not great to, to control F through. If I have to keep finding resources this way, if I have to keep control Fing, you know, you'd end up with a, a browser window with, with 10 tabs. You'd have yep. one that was already on weapons, one that was on armor, one that was on, you know, a rule that you constantly forget. I don't know, grappling. Like you, you, you had all these tabs open with, with constantly needing to be referenced rules or equipment. And I was like, this is, this is, this is ridiculous. Yep. I, <laughs> I specifically bought a uh, 21, nine ratio monitor uh, for D and D like, I wanted to expand it, but it was the D and D use was definitely yeah. a, a determining factor. But anyway, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I and I was you know the PDFs worked to that extent, but I realized that I could do it better. Um, so I started asking in the Discord to see if anybody else was building a website, and one guy was uh, a developer named Maximus something. That was his Discord handle, and he and I worked together for about a month. And then I, you know, I, I'm not sure what happened. He he. He had he spoke with Galley and it just it wasn't working out and um, he he backed away from the project and uh, he had, he had put some some wonderful ideas in my head though about where we wanted to go so I started up fresh with kind of my own framework for how I wanted to do things and um, I very quickly picked up another developer uh, Tears of Fear who's who's the other main developer for the site right now he and I are uh, work through every issue together. I did not um, uh, did not know that's how that's pronounced so there we go I, that might be a first for I, a lot of people. I think I have it right. Um, I mostly just call him Tier. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but, but we talk uh, weekly about how what we, what we want to do next and you know, how we're working on this and we work through bugs together. But I mean, he saved me really because I, I had finished the part of the website that I was most comfortable with. And I'm not sure if people realize this, but when Galley, when, when there's content updates, they're made to the PDFs first. Those are the first party updates and those are made in GM Binder. GM Binder is a website that takes Markdown, uh, a syntactical language that lets you uh, decorate characters um, in a way that lets you italicize things and bold things and create layouts of pages like all your listeners are aware of. The PDFs, they have that particular layout, they have a theme. That's all done in, in Markdown mostly. Galley sends those Markdown files to me, and then I run them through this massive parser that I've built, which grabs everything in that Markdown, all the weapons, all the armor, all the rules, all the Starship stuff, sorts it out into a database, and the website actually runs against that database because that's how modern websites work for the most part. But I had to get that content, I still, on a, you know, on a weekly basis when he updates things, I have to take that content and store it in a way that a website can recognize. I couldn't just read from the straight markdown because that doesn't give me enough control over the data itself. I don't have a way to organize that and shape it like I do in a database. So I had written the parser. I'd gotten the, about that far, most of the parser, and I realized, like, shit, I need to do something with the website now. I need to actually start presenting this data in a way that's usable. Yeah, and that's that's where professionally I've just never been as good. I love working in the back end and my front end. I mean, my ideal interface is probably just a very basic command line, right. you know, I, white text on a black background. Like I just, it's not for me. I have no design sense. I'm I'm so I, complete opposite. I'm definitely the front yeah. end. You know, I I got some stuff for work I got to do, and it's all visual. And I just thinking about. Even doing simple WordPress stuff, uh, plug and play is just, right. it's easy enough, but yeah, I get it. I get it. And I, and I appreciate your kind friend because I just, I can't do it. It's just not for me. I mean, I could get something basic out there, but it would have been very templated. It would have been uh, very ripped off of something else. It would have been simple. Uh, 
And it's just, I could implement new features there, no problem, but they would have been ugly. And Tier came along at the perfect point because I was just starting to look at, all right, how do I actually make a website out of this? Um, and trying to stand up the back end. And he came along with a much better knowledge of front end technology as well as a better design sense, a far better design eye than me. Uh, and he really ran with that. I mean, we had a, we had a, a green field. Um, we had some hosting money that Galley was bringing in from the, uh, the Patreon. And we were able to, uh, to turn that into to, to proper web hosting and uh, put all the regular safeguards in place that a, a modern website would have. So he, Tier and I have been working you know, hand in hand through all of that with me mostly developing the back end and contributing on the front end for a few features and a few bug fixes as necessary. But that, that direction has really been him. Uh, awesome. And I, I can't thank him enough. Yeah, no, it, it looks time. awesome. It works great. Uh, you know, there's, I, I think, especially because I've been, I think I've been involved, it, as I said, well over a year, kind of Star Wars 5e was almost, almost my first uh, dive into tabletops as well. And, um, you know, so I think like, you know, we'd have to kind of look at specific calendars, but uh, yeah. I, I'd imagine you kind of came around a little bit before me, but then the website was starting to get there. And anyway, you know, my point is that seeing where the website has gone and now it, where it is now. And like, as I, I use it every time I DM, you know, and it's just, yeah. it, it, you know, definitely, you know, visually on the front end, you know, props to tier because it, it looks and works great, but you know, just as much to you because it functions very well. And, um, you know, I think that's, it's just, it's such a nice piece to have for this project. Uh, I, you know, I think ho hopefully, you know, players, uh, really, understand uh you know what uh what value it is to have something like that for the game it's for a fan conversion yeah yeah and i'm and i'm, and I'm, I'm sure they do uh i know i know it's well well used uh i'll get to the i can get to those numbers a little bit later if you'd like but um yeah i know it's well used and well appreciated we get we get wonderful comments on the subreddit and on discord and we get helpful comments as too. people submitting bugs people submitting feature requests you know, those don't go unnoticed. I know it might take us sometimes a couple of days to notice them. You know, we have families and, and professional lives and things that we're trying to do, and we're certainly not paid to do this. Um, but it is, it is still a passion project. It's certainly, uh, certainly still in development and will we'll continue to be so. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, as I said, you know, everything looks great there. Um, so I guess the other part of it, uh, or, well, uh, with the website, is there anything uh, down the road that uh, you're looking? Uh, I know we're going to talk about the, the character creator a little bit specifically, but anything outside of that, that, you know, anything major that might be coming? Sure. Um, yeah, if we, if, we, if we leave the character creator for later discussion, uh, a passion project of mine for a while now, and it's been through multiple iterations behind the scenes that I just haven't quite got over the finish line. And now I'm rewriting it again because that's the nature of these things, is to add some sort of level of authentication on the site. So you can, to be able to log in with a user account uh, and then have content from the character creator saved, uh, but other content potentially later as well. So if you have an identity with the site of some sort, you can then start potentially contributing content in a way that's a little more meaningful. So initially, when I talked to Galley about this, oh, uh, what, uh, over a year now? I think we're, we're a year plus on the website project. We had this concept of... of, of uh, submissions from users from players themselves right. in a more structured fashion than is currently done through the discord so having it done through the website where people could submit new enhanced items uh new monsters kind of really crowdsource that in a, a bit more structured way was 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 always part of the plan 
And it was never a top priority of getting the website up to be a proper reference site to be, I mean, that was my goal from, that was why I made the website. So I could reference it while I DM'd. It came out of that need. But there was always that extra goal of making it really something of the players, something that people could really contribute to. And we have a pretty good contribution track record right now via the Discord. But to have some sort of identity on the site where you can save and submit content has always been a bit of a pet project of mine. So I'd love to see that at some point. The first step is just getting logins working. We do something like Google and Microsoft authentication. You know, we're all used to it at this point. You know, would you like to sign in with Google or Facebook or or Discord or, you know, all of those would be options. Uh, We wouldn't we wouldn't store any passwords or account information ourselves. Um, You know, a website is most secure when you don't handle any of the password storage yourself at all. Yeah, that's definitely a spiral you can go down. Yeah. Yeah, I can let Google handle it. I can let Microsoft handle it. And all we do is just those come back and say, yeah, this is a real person. And then we take that that token and then that is your user ID. And then from that, you have all of your, um, you know, your content attached to that, that, that profile of yours. So I'm looking to go somewhere with that, that it will tie into the, co- the character creator. That's, you know, the biggest use of it would be saving characters you've created, uh, similar to D&D Beyond or, or, or uh, other similar sites. Um, that would probably be the first thing we get out of that. Um, so that's, that's, that's big on my plate for the, the winter probably. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. That, uh, I think would be a, a nice feature and, and of course, beyond the character creator, I think some of those other options would be, you know, great. Uh, there, the, the community content is, is just amazing how much of that, uh, comes out constantly. And it's just, it's, it's really, yeah. uh, you know, gotten the, the system to where it is today. So. Yeah, cool. I would love to see what we could do with you know uh, a, a structured user submission for monsters or for for uh, enhanced items. I mean, the yeah, Star Wars universe is, it's it's so vast. And I think about those two really as being the biggest potential spot for for user submissions. And like, if we had a way to to have moderators review those submissions and then incorporate them into the material, like in a in a structured programmatic way, that would be that would be so cool. Oh, yeah, the current absolutely. process is great. And like you said, I mean, we get so many submissions on a daily basis that are already worked in. And, you know, our mod team on the Discord does a wonderful job of incorporating those into the material. And, you know, it sees the light of day. We have species that are created by our players. We have, you know, items that are created currently by our players. And that's that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I would just I would love to put a bit more polish on that process. And uh, yeah, user accounts would really open us up to yeah. that and other Yep, and and if that got if that got those those specifically like the the stat blocks of the monsters onto the website, oh man, I would love that because because like right. you know going to those PDFs, they're getting pretty heavy uh, for the stat blocks, the the codexes and things. And uh, man, to be able to have them on there and search would be so nice. But uh, yeah, we will get there. Yeah, hopefully. So yeah, I mean, I, I I imagine it being something kind of like again like D and D Beyond to to steal a feature where you can view official stuff. Yep. But then you can also view user submissions. Yeah, yeah. There, there might be there might be like a, a level of two level or two of user submissions where you have level one would be you know user submitted moderator approved, but then level two could just be the wild wild west basically. There you go. Uh, where you can view anything and anybody and you know see what people have come up with, and I think that could be, you know, maybe that filter wouldn't be enabled by default, but you could you could go there and you could get that inspiration for items in your campaign right. or for monsters in your campaign, even if it's not fully fleshed out. So much of what we do in tabletop RPGs is inspiration. We're just looking for that one little tick to get us moving in a direction. So um, I know I've used D&D Beyond for things like that before. I, mm-hmm. I hope to provide that same sort of functionality. Yeah, uh, absolutely. 
Yeah, that would be great for sure. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, so that's, so that's one thing on our plate for sure. Cool. Awesome. I'd love to see that. So let's get into uh, the other big point today is uh, that character creator. Uh, honestly, I, I don't use it much at all myself, uh, you know, especially now in our current situation, everything's online. So I'm using, you know, roll 20 all the time. So I'm just building stuff in that. Um, but you know, I figured, uh, I probably should get back on there. I've used it before in some of its early iterations and I, you know, it worked well. And then I did build a quick character today and, uh, it, you know, works great. All the information's there. Um, you know, I think start to finish. And then the one thing that I really liked, uh, and I know, is a little bit newer, but, uh, printing, uh, to the, uh, to like a physical, uh, character oh, sheet. PDF. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it works great how everything lines up. And I mean, that's, you know, come time to, to, uh, get back to the actual physical table and roll some dice. Right. Uh, I mean, just be able to hit print and have that and then you can make updates, you know? So, um, yeah, I guess uh, just kind of throw it to you and even just kind of talk about that character creator and kind of how that's evolved and whatnot. Sure. And I, I want to, you actually, before I get to that real quick, you mentioned uh, Roll20. I want to just talk a little bit about that after the character creator bit here because we have um, a work plan for virtual tabletops as well. Yeah. I just want to talk about that, touch on that a bit. Um, yeah, the character creator was, I mean, almost entirely almost entirely Tears of Fear. Like I can't, I can't emphasize enough how much work he did on that and how it's still very much his baby. Like I'm aware of how it works generally enough to fix some bugs here and there, but man, that was, that was like his goal from the start. Um, we had to massage all the data and get all the rest of the site into a place where he could then pull all that reference data in to create a character because you can only do that once you have all the weapons in place, once you have all the stats right. in place, right. all the species data sorted out the way you want to be able to create a character in a programmatic way. So that was his goal and he nailed it, man. That so I can't I can't, you know, uh, give him enough props for the, his work on that. But we do have more to do. Um, the biggest thing, the most the oft requested thing and I know the one thing that's that's been biggest on our plate is actually pulling in archetype and class features. Mm -hmm. So just just like you can do in roll 20, when you hit when you when you level up it should do it all for you, right? Like it should pull in the feature that comes with level two. It should up your number of, of uh, you know, force or tech points. It should know all of that. Um, whatever that feature is, if it gives you, uh, you know, if it's uh, um, that one mechanic archetype that gives you the, the droid, right? You can build the droid. Yep. It, it, if, it, if it does, if it gives you particular, uh, particular uh, powers, it gives you those powers. So to know what those features do is something that we're currently working on. And it's not easy because, again, we're, we're pulling from that text from the markdown that makes the PDFs. So if you can imagine thinking about you know the features you read in the PDFs or on the website, thinking about how you would actually parse through those, have a computer look at those, and know what they do is a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, so to find a way where we can pull those out and handle them, and it's going to involve a lot of human, uh, a human touch as well. So we're going to have to at some point. We can't expect a, a computer to know to look at a particular feature and know exactly what it does, but we can pull out some keywords. We can pull out uh, some information and get started, and then we're going to have to do some just some data entry, some human classification of what these particular features do. But we have to think ahead about how we can do that, you know, on a changing basis. If a feature changes, how mm -hmm. do we handle character sheets that were created with V1 of that feature? Do we delete them? Do we let the character? Do we let the creator know that they've been updated to V2? So we have to we have to keep all these things in mind as we're going forward with parsing out these features. 
And it's a challenge. It's a serious, it's something we've been mulling over, man, for six months now, probably like where we, we know from the, from the inception of the character creator, we knew that this was going to be the thing we really needed to get over. Right. And we're still working on it. Like it's still, uh, it's still our Loch Ness monster. We're still looking for it. And, well, um, I'm yeah, hoping, well, I'm hoping we can get something in place this winter. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Luckily though, you know, the, the hand player's handbook is locked down, no further changes. So, you know, that's, that's good <laughs> there. Right. Yeah. I'll believe that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that should be, that should be like the tagline, like yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, no, that's awesome, though. I, you know, I think, uh, as you said, everything it does now, it does well. And those extra yeah. things, as, as those get flushed out, I think that's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. I know you guys did kind of a feature survey recently. And, uh, you know, whether this is kind of outside of the character creator a little bit, but as a DM, you know, one thing I really got excited about as an option on there was uh, an encounter builder. Yes. Yes. So both an encounter builder and a starship builder. We're both secondary to a character creator. Character creator would, we figured, you know, before we even took the survey, you know, whenever we started on the character creator, about eight months ago, however long ago that was, we figured that would be the, the top requested, you know, the most needed thing. Everybody wants to have their characters Absolutely. in place that's saveable. But then an encounter creator, yeah, as a fellow DM, I agree. That would be really interesting to play with. And there's some out there for, for, for normal 5e. We'd probably take a lot of inspiration from those. But then a starship creator would be pretty unique to this system as well. Um, and I know there's you know, a potential for some, some starship changes. I'm not going to you know go too deep into that, um, but we're, we'll be waiting to see where that pans out and then mm -hmm. uh, take that. You know, we'll probably take a look at a starship creator once that happens. Nice. Very cool. So, uh, yeah, anything else on the character creator? Otherwise, uh, we can kind of talk about the VTTs that you mentioned. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good to, to transition to VTTs. I, that, was, that was where this mostly started for me was I knew I was going to be playing a remote campaign and I knew roll 20 was a thing. I hadn't used it much. Uh, I started playing with it and then realized that they had uh, an API, uh, a side of their, their code that, that other people can use and contribute to um, specifically for the character sheets right. in roll 20. Um, I mean, you've used the star Wars five E yep. character sheet, right? Yep. I wrote, I wrote that too. Awesome. Um, because I realized that it needed to be done. There was one, there was a, uh, there was, I, I didn't write it all. Um, and I'm sorry to, I'm forgetting the handle of the guy who wrote it initially, but I can't take all the credit. Um, there was a version that was in there initially um, and, it, and it worked well. It worked well, very well with kind of V1 of the PDFs um, before, before some changes were made, certainly before starships were a thing. Um, but I was getting into it right as starships were on the horizon and it needed an overhaul. It needed to be brought up to date with some other things that have been added. I think a class name or two had even changed at that point. So, like, things needed to be done. So I figured out how to, to play with that character sheet and brought it up to date, added starships to it, um, which mostly work at the moment. They could probably use some love. Yeah, um, pretty good from added, what I've used, yeah. Yeah, it'll do. Uh, made some changes to the NPC side of the character sheet. I don't know if people know that's there, but you can use it to, to create NPCs as well. Yep, I do that all the time. I'm going to butt in and say I need the uh, features sections to be able to be collapsed. That's, oh, they can't uh, be collapsed for the NPC? Yeah, so I just what I do no. now is I just put everything in the actions section. Yeah. Yeah, so. 
Okay. All right. So I haven't, I haven't put it, touched put it on the long to do list. I'm sure you have. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I, I can't say I've touched roll 20 in quite a while. Um, but it, yeah, that was, that was a very early passion of mine. I had that, that one uh, year long running star Wars five E campaign that was all in roll 20 and similar to the website. I just realized something needed to be done because I couldn't make starships and NPCs weren't where I needed them to be. And the rest of the character sheet needed some tweaks. So I just did it. Nice. I just found a way to do it. And I, and I did it because I needed it. And I figured other people would appreciate it. So, um, I would like to do more. I would love to get back to that. And specifically, I'd love to integrate it with the site, with the character builder proper. That would be a huge goal for me. Um, unfortunately, it's not something I'm working on right now. We have other priorities, uh, most of which we, we've already spoken about. But at some point, I would love to get back to that. Uh, it was something I looked into briefly. It can be done. Um, I'm hoping that Roll20 is going to make it slightly easier at some point in the future. Um, if they open up a way to add some custom compendium stuff, that would also satisfy the need yeah. to at least have some resources available. But ideally, there would be a Chrome plugin or a Firefox plugin of some sort that would marry up Roll20 with the website. Um, and if I have to kind of hack that around, then I will. Um, because that, that would be really, really cool to be able to have all the uh, powers in there be able to have all the enhanced items in there and just be able to search for them as well as have your character in there that you built in the character builder um, and have that, you know, be usable in roll 20. So that's very much a goal for me. Um, and beyond roll 20, there are other virtual tabletops out there that I would also like to give a similar treatment. And I haven't explored as deep into that. I know some people have been writing up character sheets and content for other VTTs. Uh, there's a couple active, channels in the discord where people are working on that for other systems besides roll 20 and mm -hmm. you know more power to them i if anybody has questions about that please reach out to me i'll help wherever i can um so yeah that's that's still very much an active development for other for other tabletops and i do look forward to in the future marrying up the site with roll 20 at the very least because i think that would just be really cool yeah absolutely uh you know just whatever you know i'm constantly making uh characters yeah. Uh, manually and it's definitely a long process but uh regardless of that you know i think we'll get there one day and and what's what's there is uh works very well for what it is and you know it definitely helps us all uh play this game and you know so many of us are online obviously right now so until we get back to the actual table uh it's yeah. nice nice that those things exist yeah for sure for sure i i would very much like to to <laughs> now, you're, now you're making me think about it all right so i've got a little notepad on my side window here that says uh need to collapse uh features on npc so yep. i need to go take a look at that code it's been a while that and i think the reactions if you add reactions it might do the same thing so uh oh but, uh, really so that, that that doesn't surprise me the npc form is still very much based off of the a very old version of the 5e okay uh sheet without very many star wars specific tweaks at all yeah yeah no besides it's... styling so I mean, it works. It it works for yeah, what it is, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. but um, but the uh, the base five E sheet has come a long way on roll twenty, and yeah. uh, unfortunately, we haven't had time, or just really the the ability to to incorporate some of those modernization changes into the Star Wars five E sheet. So that would be probably my first step if I were to revisit that project. Would be that modernize nice. it, bring it up to date. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, I think we'll start wrapping up here. Uh, everything that we've talked about so far, though, thank you so much, Alex, uh, all the work that you do for this. Uh, we'll end on a little bit of a fun note, I guess, because we kind of missed this earlier. Uh, within Star Wars 5e, what's your favorite uh, class or, or whatever about the system? 
oh, I love the engineer. I mean, it's kind of who I am, right? There I'm you go. Engineer. Yeah, it's a good one. It just, it just plays directly to a lot of the things I like. I like being that skill monkey. What uh, um, helping, helping out my team? How I write them. Um, I think I played mostly an armor mech. Armor, I'm sorry, armor tech, and the uh, the droid, the droid one too. I'm blanking on the name. Astro mech, Astro, Astro tech, Astro tech. I think. Yeah, yeah. Mech is the droid. Uh, tech is the person. Yeah, I've played around with that, uh, and then I, I I had one character recently that I just loved. It was just this little this little Jawa, and he was a oh, an operator. Now I gotta go look. Um, yeah, he was a. Uh, he just he just he loved a sniper rifle that was bigger than him. He was an operative, nice. I think. Nice. Uh, Jawas are actually he was a fun. very good species. Yeah, they're they a blast. Have some awesome blast. features. And depending on how your DM wants to play with their inability to speak with the rest of the party, mm-hmm. um, is really interesting too. Do you find some sort of transcoder so you can like speak, or do right. you have somebody who can speak, you know, Jawaese, you know, and Galactic Basic, and then? You know, they can be your translator. It, it, it could lead to a lot of really interesting roleplay opportunities. And they're just a terribly put upon species, man. Like, yep. they live in the desert. They're enslaved pretty often. Like, what the hell? I so, did, uh, the, I think it's, I think it's Pathfinder is the original, but the Weeby Goblins, uh, one shots they have. And, uh, someone, uh, re ran that. And we did Weeby Jawas, and it was, that was a blast. <laughs> that was a good awesome. time. That's awesome. So. Yeah. I have a, I have a very, I have a soft spot for Jawas. So I played one. Played a Jawa operative who just who loved his sniper rifle, and I really enjoyed that class as well. Nice, awesome, very cool. So, all right, well, hey, thanks again so very much. This was awesome to uh, just learn about everything that you're involved with with the website and everything, and uh, your background with the game. And uh, we'll give a little shout out to Tier as well because uh, yes. obviously he's done you know a ton of work as well. So we don't want that to go unnoticed. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. And maybe uh, down the road, if there's another big update or something, we'll have uh, you and maybe him on as well. And, and uh, we can uh, kind of do this again for another update. That would be awesome. And uh, I guess one last shout out. If anybody's interested in developing, um, we could use the bodies still. Just contact us on, on Discord. There's channels for it. Let us know. Uh, but we're always looking for new hands and new ideas. Um, and the more help we get, the, the faster we can develop these features for everyone. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. And we'll uh, talk to you later. Thanks. All right. So that was a great time talking with Speed there, uh, learning a lot about just how he got into the game, into the hobby and uh, his involvement with Star Wars 5e and uh, basically coming on board this project uh, with his background of of, uh, the web development. And of course, uh, you know, another shout out once again to Tears of Fear for uh, all the work he has done as well on this project. So them two have really done a lot for this. So uh, to kind of follow up uh, with this episode, uh, go along with this episode, uh, we are going to try and get out a a video on our YouTube of using the character creator. So if you haven't seen that yet, uh, we're going to run through that, uh, not necessarily explain everything, but just kind of go through it ourselves and show you kind of how that works. If you haven't, definitely need to check that out. Uh, It's on the Star Wars 5e website. And uh, you can build a character from scratch. And it goes through and helps you along very close to that D&D Beyond type Um, So it's great work that these guys have done. But uh, with that, uh, that's it for this episode. We thank everyone for uh, listening and following and subscribing. Uh, We thank you very much for that. 
Uh, Tegan, what do we got uh, on board for next episode? Yeah, so next episode, we're going to have a fun one. Uh, where we're going to be able to go through uh, the different skills and abilities and how to really utilize them as a DM in the campaign. Uh, so we're going to touch on just different ways you can really work in your players' uh, abilities and different proficiencies and just really give them chances to shine and just really kind of have a naturally flow uh, throughout the campaign. So definitely tune into that one. Yeah, that should definitely be a good one. There's always different ways to kind of interpret usage of those skills. And, and then, of course, there are the three, uh, I think there's three unique skills to uh, Star Wars 5e. So we'll touch on those a little bit as well. So looking forward to that one. But All right. Uh, with that, uh, that should wrap us up. Uh, thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.